I always don't know what to do with that one because it's like paying for your meal and then not liking it. Um, I want to make sure you like it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we open up our heart, Lord God, for you to speak into our lives today. I thank you, Lord God, that I, I come with fear and trembling today, Lord, with a word that I believe is for the body of Christ. Help us to have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us personally, individually, and to us as a church. I thank you for it, and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. If I'm afraid, you better be afraid. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. And every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in the land to possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you and to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Today, I want to speak to you as a father in the Lord. And it's one of those father conversations that I believe the body of Christ is in, is in need of. And I want to pick one thing out of here. The Lord's going to do all of these things today. He's going to humble some of us. We need to be humbled. He is going to test others of us. Some of us need testing. But the thing I want to bring out is to know what's in your heart. There's a concept that God is much more interested in what he's doing in you than what's going on around you. We do live in trying times, but we have lived in trying times since we got kicked out of the garden. And God uses wilderness experiences to humble us because we are limited to what we can do. I cannot change the world. I can change me. And he uses difficult situations to show us what's in our hearts. And God is much more interested in what's going on in your heart than he is changing the circumstances. Difficult times help you and I know what's in our heart. Now, I want you to know something. God is establishing a kingdom. When we first developed computers, the big ones, that they had batteries the size of, yeah. They put in the Bible and they asked the question, what's the theme of this book? And all of the things it could have said, the main theme is God is establishing a kingdom. But I want to tell you something about God's kingdom. We haven't preached it as well as we should have, or we wouldn't have the divisions that we have. Because God's kingdom has no color. God's kingdom is colorblind, gender blind, politically blind, financially blind. Let me read to you um, Galatians chapter 3. If you want to turn there, it's not in the notes that I, that I gave, so it's my fault. Um, but the Lord has been dealing with me all week long since I even turned in my notes. Galatians chapter 3. Let's start to verse 26. For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm telling you, beloved, our world is in trouble today because the body of Christ has not truly believed that God is establishing his kingdom. God is not interested in your political affiliation. God is not interested in building your kingdom, a male-dominated kingdom or a female-dominated kingdom. God is not in the business of promoting what you want. God is in the business of establishing his kingdom. And his kingdom is colorblind. His kingdom is genderblind. Now, I just want to ask you a question. Do you believe women have equal rights? Don't answer. Don't answer. I'll answer it for you. It's better that way. If you said yes, you are probably male. We're going to find out what's in our heart today. And it's interesting to me that the Lord has put this on my heart, and I'm truly, it's one of the first times I've got up going, I don't know how this is going to be received. If we were preaching the kingdom, if we were doing the way God wants the kingdom to be established, women would not have to feel second rate in the kingdom of God. We would still not be having issues of whether women should be able to teach or not in the kingdom of God. It just bothers me that we have people who are still so staunch in their ways and they don't read their word. God uses women. Now, if you're one of them women, I am woman, hear me roar, shut up. No, uh, I'm going to hit out every one of us before it's all said and done. I'm going to challenge us. God uses women. Esther saved a whole nation. Because she stood up. Now, I don't know if that's because the men were cowards. I think it was because she was the best person for the job. That's what I believe. Yeah, I figure the claps would get quieter and quieter, and I'm okay with that. I'm right. God used a Rosa Parks to change your mindset. Now, there were lots of men who defied the laws at the time, but God needed an older woman who had built relationships in her community with people of influence because she was a woman of integrity. And God used her to push an agenda that should have been the church's agenda. The church should be the one saying, there is no black or white. The church should be the one who stood up and should have said, this is not right. But the church was a part of the problem. Let me just ask you, how many African-American friends do you have? See, we have a mindset. And it's not biblical. We should not let the world push an agenda that we should be pushing Now, I don't like what's going on, beloved, but I'm going to show you something. God uses people whose hearts are not right to help people whose hearts are not right so that things can be made right. Now, I'm opposed to what we would call the feminine movement. I'm opposed to the way that was done in the hearts of many of the people who did that. But without it, women would still not be able to vote. 
Because the church sat in silence. And the church is the one who said, women should submit. Agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. But when you talk to the Lord about women speaking, it was all about things being done decently and in order. He said women shouldn't speak in the church. They should ask their husbands at home. It was a submission deal. It was about being decent and in order. If you're a male and you're speaking in the church, you still need to be submitted. (laughs) Y'all better get on board because I'm coming after you. God uses women. You say, I'm not going to let any woman tell me what to do. Tell your mama that. Tell your grandma that, who many of you owe your salvation to your Christian mama and grandma who stood in the gap and prayed and believed God and got in your face and said, you shouldn't do that. See, if you think women have equal rights because you're a male, you don't know the battle they face. And part of that's because we don't want to know. See, I'm not black or white. I'm mosaic. My dad is Irish and German. My mom is Mexican and Indian. I'm mosaic. Or a mongrel, depending on what chance you want to stand on. What if God is big enough to use the wrath of man to praise him? What if God was big enough to use a movement that was wrong to help us get right? to help bring things back to what he really wanted in the first place. Let me tell you what, one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing church in the world is being led predominantly by women. Now see, we're ignorant. We, we just don't know. We're not told that. But God is using women because women will stand up. Women will get out and go do what God's telling them to do. And God is using them in spite of a male-dominated culture. God's going to establish his kingdom. And in his kingdom, there is no male or female. There are just people who are willing to be used. Yeah, it's okay. You got my back, right? You may not be prejudiced, but you don't realize you are privileged. And that causes issues. See, I did have racial slurs thrown at me when I was a kid. I know what that feels like to be called wetback, to be called spick, to be hated by people you went to school with who wouldn't play ball with you because you were not them. And until you're on that side, it's hard to see because we're privileged. Let me tell you something the Lord showed me one time. I go to the hospitals all the time. It's a part of my job. And I took my 
new garment that I was so proud of that was the size of a suitcase because the first ones were pretty good size and you had a sucker thing that went to your windshield and it blocked half of your view and you had to look at it while you were going. And It took me to a place in Oklahoma City that I wasn't supposed to be probably. And every building had chains on it, elephant chains locking the doors and bars on it. And everybody was a different color than me. And I realized this is how people feel on the other side. I was outnumbered. I had fear what's going to happen and they hadn't done anything. It was just the presence of where I was. But until you face that, you think the world is okay. I don't like what's going on right now. Can I be so bold as to say, I don't like the hearts of many of the people that are doing what they're doing. But can I tell you black lives matter? But in God's kingdom, all lives matter. That should have been the heartbeat of the church. We should have been the one embracing all races. We should be the one that we have a mosaic in our church and it reflects the heart of God. But we have this us and them mentality too many times. You may not be prejudiced, but you are privileged. Let me share with you something. You know, the, have you heard the advertisements for the new phones of the face recognition? Did you know it will not recognize an African-American face? It wasn't built for that. It, I don't think anybody got up one day and said, I'm just going to be this way. They didn't think. This recognizes my face. This is great. Can you feel the weight of that? How would you feel if you paid umpteen gazillion dollars for a phone, had to hawk one of your kids to get it, and then it would not recognize your face because it wasn't programmed to recognize your face. It was programmed to recognize a white face. Are you sensing that? Does that? Hey, let me pick one a little bit lighter because y'all are like, man. There are 7,000 Marvel characters, Captain America. All these, it's become rejuvenated in our hearts. 7,000. Guess how many African Americans there are? And that's just been recent. I don't think anybody intentionally did those things. But if you're on the side where you're the one, it looks like the odds are against you. Now, can I say something? Just go to all the, just make everybody mad because then I'll feel okay. If this is your symbol for peace, you might want to change your symbol. Might work better. Might work better. I, I don't like what's going on, but let me show you something. Acts chapter 8. That's also probably not in the notes. My bad. That's why you should bring your Bibles. Acts chapter 8, verse 3. 
as for Saul, that's before he got saved, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Can I get a witness? That's a bad heart. He made havoc with the church, entering into every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison because they were following Jesus. Therefore, those who were scattered, the church, went everywhere preaching the word. Now, let me show you how great God is, how big God is. God can take a people whose heart is wrong, but they believe they're right, to speak to a people whose heart is wrong, but they think they are right, to accomplish his will. Saul, he believed he was right. In his heart, he believed he was doing God's service. He believed his heart was right, but it was wrong. The church believed its heart was right, but it had been, the church had been told in Acts 1, you go into all the world, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, and you be a witness. And they were huddled up in this place going, we'd like it right here. And so they believed their hearts were right, but their hearts were wrong. And God used a man whose heart was wrong, but he believed he was right to speak to a people whose heart was wrong, but they believed they were right. And the church did what it was supposed to do, and Saul ends up getting saved. That's a big God. That's a big God. Can I go back? Because I can tell the tension, it's okay. God uses women. And we have some women in our body that God is using because they've been given opportunity. We have a Misty Mosley and a Pam Ferris and a Christy Hance and a Paige Scott and a Danny Mackey, who are changing the world because they're willing to live out loud for Jesus Christ. And they've been given opportunity that they wouldn't have been given in a lot of places. So if you think you have equal rights with women, it's because you're a man. If you think we have equal rights for blacks, it's because you are white. But I got news for you. I believe God is in the business of establishing his kingdom. And I think we ought to realize we need to change. We need to get our hearts right. We need to look at our own selves. Because I'm listening to people talk, people I love. And they're as skewed in their mindset. They have this they and us mentality when in the kingdom of God, there's just us. And we're all broken and we're all in need. And we all have hearts that need adjusted. Here's a principle I want you to write down. How you react in times of trouble, difficulties, hardships, testing, helps you see what's in your heart because you don't really know what's in your heart till it's tested. Hard times bring out the best and worst in people. And if you'll just pay attention, there's a lot of bad things going on in our world today. But right alongside that are beautiful acts of compassion and love in which God is using people to say, this is what Jesus looks like in a world that is broken. See, you think you know what's in your heart. I think I know what's in my heart. But I don't like the fact that Doctor Who is a woman today. 
almost all of the superheroes are now female. We have Captain Marvel, who's a female. If, if that tweaks you a little bit, it's because you have an issue of the heart. I think my wife is a supergirl. A superhero. And you ought to too. I think God wants the church and us individually to take a look at our hearts because God can use people whose hearts are wrong to help us get our heart right that is wrong. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. I'm okay. I don't need your pat on the back. I had the Lord say, go do this. So I'm going to go do it. Weddings, funerals. Ask any pastor, what's the most stressful times for people? Weddings and funerals. And you know what happens at weddings and funerals? It brings out the best and worst in people. You can't believe some of the conversations I had with people who say they love me when we had to shut the building down. (laughs) Those of you that are quiet, you're probably guilty. People crack me up all the time. Well, if I saw a shark, I'd do. You have no idea what you'd do. If you saw a shark, you might wet your britches. You don't know till you've actually seen a shark. You have no idea what you would do if you were in other people's circumstances. It's amazing to me how the body of Christ and us individually judge people by their actions, but ourselves by our intent. Let me prove it. Be honest, God's looking. Have you ever run through a stop sign? If you've run through a stop sign, have you ever run through a stop sign? Raise your hand. How many of you did it intentionally? I love the honesty of this house. Thank you. I've run through a stop sign. And I didn't even realize it. I don't know where my head was, but I finally, I'm going through the stop sign. I'm looking at people. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But when somebody else runs through the stop sign, my first thought is, you idiot. That's right. That's my first thought. So you see how we judge other people by their actions, but us by our intent? This message is called, It's a Matter of the Heart. We need to check our hearts, beloved. We need to realize we think we know what's in our heart till we're squeezed. One of the most changing, life-changing incidents for me was horrible, horrible on one end and beautiful on the other. And that's that when Chris was there, when the high patrolman comes into my office and says to me, we found your daughter and your future son-in-law. They are indeed dead. And I'm sorry to have to tell you that news. Now, we'd had words from the Lord from people. God said, everything's going to be okay. You're going to find your daughter. We had people saying, this is going to be this way. They're going to find her this and thus. We had all kinds of, I had God's promise. I was on his word. I'm standing, I'm believing. And everything I believe for is suddenly a heap of ashes at my feet. And all I could do was say, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. And I realized later, you can't be squeezed any harder than that, saints. I'm just, 
everything I stood on, everything I was believing for, all the promises of God were just squeezed. But what came out was, Lord, I trust you. Amen. That did more for me on the, on the other end because I realized it's not just talk for me. Because people talk hype until they get squeezed. People talk a big talk till they get pressured. We talk about love. We talk about being the body of Christ. We talk about having compassion. But where is our heart in what's going on in our world today? Do we have judgments about those people? Do we have thoughts about those people that are ill? Or do we really believe God to change the hearts of people because we're changed? Difficult times have a way of squeezing what's really on the inside of you for a purpose, not to be condemned, but so that it can be dealt with, so it can be placed at the altar and let God fix what's broken. You take boiling water and you put an egg in it and the egg gets hard. You put a carrot in that same boiling water and the carrot gets soft. But it's the same boiling water. Are you an egg? Are you a carrot? I tell you, I'm both. Sometimes the Lord needs me to be hard. He makes my forehead hard because I'm speaking to a people whose forehead is hard. Because I serve the lion of the tribe of Judah, who was also a lamb. The circumstances don't make you a thing. Here's another principle. Hard times, difficult times, they don't make you anything. They just reveal what's in your heart. The guy that wins the lottery and runs off with some blonde, people will say, do you see how that money corrupted him? That's not the situation. The money just allowed him to do what was in his heart the whole time. Hard times do not make you good or bad. They just reveal whether you're good or bad. Hmm. We are transformed by what we behold. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 We all, with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into that same image from glory to glory. The principle is this. Whatever you behold, whatever you're held by, whatever you're captivated by, whatever you're looking at, you become. If you look through this word and all you look at is the law, you become legalistic or a lawyer. If you look at the grace of God in this word, you become gracious. If you look at Christ, you become Christ-like. What you behold is what you become. What you become. Much of our world is in the chaos it's in right now because we're watching more news than we are looking unto Jesus. And if you look at the news, you can't help but be fearful. They've made it a goal to make you afraid so that you will do what they want. Can I... Can I be so bold as to say, if all you listen to are white males, you might have a skewed view of life? I love listening to a T.D. Jakes. I love listening to a Joyce Myers. 
I love listening to other people who see things differently than I see it because it helps me get a pretty good perspective of a thing. If all you're listening to is the news, it's going to affect you. Well, Pastor Lee, are you saying I shouldn't watch the news? Probably. Probably. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. Keep your heart. With all diligence. The word diligence also means guard. Guard your heart with all guarding. For out of it, out of your heart, flow the issues of life. More specifically, your life. What's in your heart is affecting your life. Now write this down in your notes. Plant this on your refrigerator. You and I cannot change the world, but we can change our world. But we have to be willing to let the Lord deal with our heart and what's maybe skewed in our heart. This word guard, guard yard, it's like a sentry at a prison gate. Not, not a corrupt one, a good one. The guard, a good guard at a prison system, he pays attention to what's coming into the prison and what's coming out of the prison. We need to be paying attention to what's coming in to our hearts. Because if you're listening to people who are promoting all but the negative stuff of things, that's all they're giving you. They're not sure. You start saying something nice, you start showing something that's actually positive, they'll take it off your internet. It'll lose ground right quickly because it's not their agenda. So I can't fix that, but I can fix me. I can't change the world, but I can change my world. But I've got to guard my heart. I've got to pay attention to what I'm letting in my heart. And I have to pay attention to what I'm letting out of my heart. And the, the word of God is really, really cool because it can tell you to know what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So how do you talk about this situation? What's coming out of your mouth? The Lord dropped this in my heart. You are someone's they. Have you noticed how when we see things, well, they think this. They are doing that. They are... You need to remember. You need to write it down on your refrigerator. You are somebody's they. We need to guard our heart. Because you can tell. Are you kingdom-minded? Then there's no male or female. Are you kingdom-minded? Then there's no black and white. There's just us. And people's hearts are broken. People's hearts have been broken. People don't do, nobody gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to be this evil in the world. Stuff happens, beloved. And if it hasn't ever happened to you, you need to have compassion and be grateful that you didn't have to live that life. But you can't point fingers and judge people by their actions and yourself by your intent because you don't live their life. I know this is going to rub people wrong, but I'm right. And I believe God is using something that's probably all about people's hearts being in a bad place, but he's going to use it to help us get our heart right as a church. 
that we start pushing the kingdom agenda, that we're all one in Christ. And if people are broken, they're broken, and they need the love of God no matter what their color is, no matter what their financial status is, no matter what their gender is. Let me leave you with a verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 and 6. You can go look it up in your own time. Basically, what he said is this. Test your own selves to see if you be in the faith. Test your own hearts to see if you're in the faith. Now, there's a thought that Jesus said, I am the way. And when people were Christians in the early church, they used to say, I'm in the way. I'm in the the path of Christ. But there's another thing where you're just in someone's way. So are you in the way or are you in someone's way? Test your hearts. I realized I don't like women telling me what to do. I don't. But I'm alive and well today because I had women speaking to my life. My wife stood her ground when I was fixing to leave our marriage over this Christian thing. And I owe my salvation to a wife who said, I'm going to stand in the way. Yeah? Go ahead. I truly didn't expect a clap. I I, I really was okay with whatever. My heart is this. I hope you hear my heart. I'm not mad. I have no, no anger in my heart at all. My heart is, are we willing to let the Lord speak to our hearts of areas where maybe we need to be adjusted instead of stop blaming, I'm angry because of this. I'm, I have the right to be mad. Violence does not stop violence. Somebody has to realize evil does not overcome evil. You overcome evil with good. And we need to check our hearts. Amen. Amen. Could the prayer team and the volunteers come? I'm going to dismiss this, but I want to pray. And I ask those of you that have put down your stones to pray for me for the next service. Because they don't know what they're in for any more than you did. Let's stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everyone who is here and everyone who will hear this message, Father God. And I pray that they would hear a father's heart for his children. That we're the, as the church, we're the hope of the world. And if we have attitudes that promote more anger, we need adjusted. We need to love those you died for. We need to realize they're broken like we were broken. So, Father, I pray for everyone who's here that you would speak to our hearts individually and we would be honest with ourselves. That if there's areas of our life we need to change in, that we need to see your heart for those people. 
that we would see, that we would hear, that we would recognize, that we would change, that we would embrace a kingdom mindset in which you will use anybody who's willing to show up. If there's anyone here, this will have to be God. If there's anyone here who heard the message and has come to a place of just realizing, I need Jesus in my life. I can't do what he's asking me to do. I need Jesus in my life and I know it. I need to be born again. If there's anybody here, I'll wait just a second because this really wasn't a salvation message, but I feel like I want to I ask. If there's anyone here that would say, Pastor Lee, today's my day to give my heart to the Lord. I need Jesus in a very real way if I'm going to love this world the way Jesus loves them. And I want you to pray for me. Would you just lift up your hand so I'll know who I'm praying for? I see your hand, hon. Thank you. Anyone else? I'll wait just a second. I see your hand, sir. You can put it down. Anyone else? Wow. Well, we get the marvelous opportunity then to lead them to the Lord, and then I'll ask one more thing. So if you raised your hand, would you just say this prayer with me? And you as the body of Christ and the family of God, would you pray this prayer with them? And let's just lead them into the kingdom of God. Let's say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that I'm not right. I can't do enough. I can't quit enough to save myself. Your word says that if I would believe and I would confess that I'd be saved today, I believe and I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my God, my King that is soon coming. I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to help me live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Hallelujah. All right, real quickly, heads bowed, eyes closed. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor Lee, the Lord checked my heart and I realize there are some things I need to change. I need the grace of God. I need God's power to make those changes. Pastor, would you pray for me that those changes could be made in my heart? If that's you and the Lord's truly speaking to you, I want you to lift up your hand. Thank you, Father God, for honest hands. Thank you, Father God, for honest hands. You can put them down. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for showing me areas in my life where I was oblivious. I wasn't prejudiced, but I was privileged, and I didn't even see it. I had ideas and attitudes that you needed to work with. And so, Father, I stand with my hand raised, both of them, with these individuals who raised their hand. And I thank you that you're a God of grace. You're a God of power. And you're willing to help us in the midst of people, other people's hearts being wrong. I can't fix that. I can just fix mine. So thank you for helping us fix our heart that we might truly reflect the nature of God and the kingdom of God to a world that desperately needs to know God is an equal opportunity opportunist. Father, I thank you for it and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You are free to go.